Hello, everybody, and welcome to the July edition of Ask Lur. I'm Serge. Today, joining me on the show, we have a Heather. Yo. And a Kathleen. Hello. A reminder that our content is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And Ask Lur specifically is brought to you by support with YouTube memberships. Our YouTube members get to ask us questions that we are going to answer. That's the entire format and existence of this show. So let's jump right on into it. Today's first question, Michael M asks, Dear Lur folks, what is one way you have gone feral during the pandemic? A chore you now neglect or an adulting task you just skip? Who wants to go first? Why would you ask me to air my shame publicly like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's cathartic. You get to you get to release. We have all these frustrations. We haven't gone outside in days, weeks, months, years, years. I, I, I I'm pretty sure that some of that's not true. I go outside in bur small bursts, and I take several pictures of flowers that I only post once a day on Instagram. So it looks like I'm going outside constantly. Ooh, ooh. I like that. That's not really skimping on something, but that is no. The thing that I've been sounds doing. healthy. <laughs> what's a bad thing I'm doing? I mean, or, you know, it's what, what's you're not doing? Yeah, what you're not doing? Yeah. So I'm not going out, which means a lot of like the usual self care things that I like to do to make myself feel better. I'm also not doing, which means in order to find some sort of stability and to ground myself, I'm working way more than I probably should be. But that's not a chore I'm skimping on. I just feel like I maybe have, in a normal situation, I've potentially picked up a really bad habit, but I feel like it's actually a good habit right now. <laughs> I, I worry that we're all, we haven't warmed up. We're not ready to like drop the big truth bombs. Okay. This is, okay. This is a tough warm up question. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. All right. I let my laundry pile up, mostly because I forget it exists, but also because I don't wear socks anymore because I don't go inside. <laughs> Yeah. Except when I do, because there's no point. My floors are clean. And yeah. so the socks don't get in the laundry as often. So that's like socks are kind of one of those first things you get where it's like, oh, shoot, I got to do laundry because I got to go somewhere tomorrow. Whereas now it's like, oh, I guess I should do laundry. But it's not like I'm going anywhere tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And socks are just fuzzy foot prisons anyway. Why would you care? Like, if you don't have to wear them, don't. <laughs> Down with socks. I'm actually pretty big on team no sock here. I guess I guess one thing that's noticeably different in our household is we're cooking more, which means mm. there's more dishes, which means we're having more dishes-related issues of just like, ah, dishes. the wash is still dirty. Well, you know, you you know, if you're only cooking a couple times, it's easier because you're like, I can sit for a day. But if you don't cook for, oh God, Joe just walked by and is giving me the stink eye. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. I mean, you are neglecting the dishes and Joe is perfect as always. Right? Right, this is on me. This is on me. Uh, yeah, we're all, we're all aware whose problem this is, right? This is a me problem. I mean, our dishes do stack up faster than they used to. And mm. they're, it's not like they're not getting done. It's just... They have to get done more often, which is just a little a little annoying in the fact that I don't really like doing dishes, but oh, also annoying does. in the fact of how like obvious it is you're not going out to do 
meals. Yeah. Ugh, meal prep and planning is a real like a real chore when you've got to do it three meals a day. Mm. Right? Mm. Well, I mm -hmm. mean, like who plans breakfast? Breakfast is like a carbohydrate. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, more cereal, good. Next yeah. <laughs> everybody has everybody in the house has their carbohydrate of choice, and that's breakfast, and that's like good enough. Uh, but like shopping and meal planning is a lot of work now. Especially when you're like, I'm going grocery shopping and I have to strategize to buy like a two weeks worth of groceries, including like what fruit is the least ripe? So it will be ripe by the time yeah, I can eat yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You load up on greens and then all your greens spoiled and you feel bad about yourself. You don't have enough spoons to feel bad about yourself. You're like, why do I even buy a vegetable? And then you're like, mm -hmm. I haven't had a vegetable, a vegetable in a week. I need a vegetable. <laughs> and then that vicious circle repeats, right? Yeah, exactly. You were going to uh, jump in, Heather? I, I was just going to say hot tip, which might not work for you, Kathleen, because I know you've got uh, multiple people in your house who have to get up early. But if you sleep in, breakfast doesn't have to even happen. <laughs> is your, is your skip right uh, to lunch. adult thing you've dropped is you're only down to like two meals a day or something like that? Uh, I mean, previously, my adult thing that I dropped was staying, was being awake during the day. And mm. just staying up all night, but I've gotten, I've, I've managed to sort of flip back, so that's less a problem. All right, fair enough. Shall we move the, on to our next question? Oh, apologies, Kathleen. Oh, I was going to say I haven't actually listed an adult thing I've dropped. I've just bitched. Uh, so I didn't want to put you on the spot. You know, we can oh, share if you want that's okay. to. Okay, no, it's fine. Like, uh, you know, if anybody cares. Uh, the, the adult thing that I have dropped is I just like gave up on like trying to maintain a healthy diet every single day. It's like, mm. oh, I don't care. I'm just going to pizza for dinner and lunch the next day and the next dinner. Yes. That's you do what great. you got to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, I have, uh, also like getting outside and exercising every day. Well, at first was impossible and now is merely challenging. Mm. Was it was it Ben who tweeted that you could order pizza more than once a week or something? And I was just like, oh, once a week? I usually we do it once a month, maybe. What what is this once a week news? So the story behind that tweet is uh, Ben and I had a social distance coffee hangout, which was lovely, by the way. Highly recommend just like find an open space where you can sit two meters away from somebody and have delicious takeout coffees. And I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, COVID has changed so much stuff. Like Joe and I are eating are a ton of pizza. We order pizza once a week. Can you believe it? And Ben was just like, sweats. Yeah, once a week is a ton. <laughs> and it was one of those weird things where I didn't mean to say anything, but inadvertently he was, he, yeah, you know, that that's the nice. context behind that tweet. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's amazing. move on. Our next question from Samurai Tiger 19 for Serge. That's me. What is a good coffee to drink if you want to start drinking coffee black? Now, obviously, if you two have anything important you want to add on coffee, please jump in. Uh, but I think the most important thing to start with is uh, this is judgment free. Whatever coffee you want to drink is totally valid, especially with the current situation. Don't put any more pressure on yourself than you need to. Everything is delicious. That being said, a lot of the times people dilute their coffee with milk or cream or sugar is because they don't enjoy the flavor, what happens. And the most common thing that people complain about is bitterness. This is too bitter. I need to add sugar to make it more sweet. This is too bitter. So I need to add cream 
in order to dilute or soften that very harsh bitter flavor. So if you find coffees that aren't as dark, that aren't as roasty, or that are very deliberately sweet, and surprise, there's very delicious, sweet, fruity, wonderful coffee out there that can be discovered if you look for it. And you can try that. Another thing you can do if your problem isn't bitterness, but it's the flavor, is you can gradually change the amount you're putting in. So say you have a 16 ounce latte. Well, try a 12 ounce latte or try an eight ounce latte. You know, just start reducing that number and seeing if you enjoy it. You can always have a sip and then add more to balance the taste. But I mean, taste is a learned experience and you yeah. can always adjust and refine your palate. You don't just all of a sudden start liking or disliking something. You can you can wiggle around. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy to try something and dislike it. That's that's my approach to flavor tasting. I don't know if you two have anything to add on that particular one. Very wise, Serge. I've I've never liked coffee. That's so. fair. And you know what? Power to you, friend. Not everyone <laughs> has to like all the same things, even if I love it, right? Yeah, I do think it's very fascinating how much you know about coffee. <laughs> so that's cool. And I like the smell of it. I just don't mm. like the taste of it. Yeah, fair. Heather, you should try getting a pour over. That's like I, I like went. A, I went with Serge on like that coffee tour thing he did, and everything oh. he gave me while I was like, "This tastes different than the coffees I've had before." I still did not like. And I'm okay yeah. with that. I drink plenty of tea as it is. Yeah, uh, not. Ever. I like that. You're like this is a different thing that I also don't like. Neat. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question here. Day O Four asks Heather. This exact thing is something you're heavily involved in behind the camera. This exact thing being Askler. Do you delegate any of that responsibility whenever you're in front of the camera? So who is doing your job now that you're on this podcast? Well, so when it comes to something like this podcast where uh, my role is producer, because it's like the credit that shows up at the end, my the stuff that I do is gathering questions and a lot of prep work before and a lot of after stuff. So being on the camera doesn't, do any like it doesn't displace any of my uh time that i would be doing the other stuff anyway so for something like this i'm not delegating my task to somebody else if this was something like dice friends where i was running tech for quite a while while we were in the studio if i was on camera for that then someone clearly else would have to run tech because i can't be in both places at once I'm not as talented as Paul in that regard. Um, <laughs> but I, I think for the most part, we just, it's that none, none of my stuff interacts in that way. So I don't generally have to delegate for being on a thing. I, I have to delegate for other reasons, like taking time off or taking sick days or anything else that, that any of the rest Normal of us would humans have to do. do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very solid answer. You're like, I do my job well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, let's move on to the next one here. Seth Hanasek, Hanasek? I'll just say I nailed that, asks Kathleen, I'm a big fan of your writing. What's the first thing you can remember being proud of having written? Um, when I was in eighth grade... Uh, we got Ooh. to write a story. We got to write about, we had to write something about the Magna Carta from the point of view of the people that were there to try and understand why the Magna Carta was important. Um, 
And I did a comic strip about it, uh, but it was really dumb and was, I got, definitely I got high marks, but not necessarily for a great and deep understanding of the material, but for an inventive and colorful way of presenting it. Hmm. There was definitely a scene where everyone lost their clothes and had to find a zoot suit vending machine because 12 year old Kathleen had just discovered what a zoot suit was. And I thought the phrase was inherently funny. Um, so I got really good grades on that, despite the fact that I really didn't understand what the Magna Carta was till many years later. Uh, I was really proud of having written that. Uh. <laughs> we went deep there. Interesting. I, well, I thought I it might have been, you know, thing. you won an award because you're, you're like an award winning oh. writer, right? Oh, but you know, everyone was hoping for some secret fanfic thing. Right? Exactly. Oh, this predates right. all the secret fanfic though, right? Because I was so young <laughs> at the time. That's the one I, th it's like the first thing I could really clearly thinking like, oh man, this is great. And people loved it. People thought it was very, people were delighted by it because hmm. it was ridiculous. But like I said, in retrospect, not, didn't actually, <laughs> you know, do most of the things the assignment required. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the fact that you're like, oh, suit suits. Well, I need to put that in there. I'm like, yeah, that's that's stuff I would have done as a kid too. I've been like, I need yeah. to put in the thing that I've just discovered. Yeah, exactly. It, it was very, it was very cartoon logic. Uh, so, yeah. I'm thinking back on a story you told me of going to like XOXO for the first time mm. and you're interacting with all these creators and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a professional writer, I guess trying to figure out how to describe it when you're networking with people. And I thought that was just like cool as hell. You've got, you've got a face on that you, you're still not comfortable with that. I'm sorry to put uh, you on the spot. That's okay. That's okay. I had a lot of like, when I went to XOXO, I was like, uh, partially due to the venue was like in uh, an arena. And so like, it was a lot of like large spaces with large crowds, which is like the literal opposite of an environment that makes me feel comfortable. So I came away from XOXO and it was really cool. And I saw lots of cool stuff, but I was just like, Felt, you know, sort of, sort of tremendous imposter syndrome the entire time I was there. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I, writing is just a small part of my job. And I actually haven't written anything in ages because of the stupid pandemic. But all right. Our next question by Michael Hutton. All three of you have streamed with your partners. What do you think was their funniest on screen moment with you? And what do you think they would say for yours in return? Now, on my personal channel, I personally feel like I'm the like the third most popular draw. Uh, there's Joe. She's the number one draw for my channel. Uh, then there's my literal empty chair. People often seem to get a lot more excited when I walk out of the room and leave the chair on. And then there's me holding down third place. Now, it's not bad being top three. So it's like, you know, what's what's the best Joe moment? Well, I mean, all of it. And one thing I was actually very, very lucky about is back, you know, back 20, 30 years ago when we were actually going to conventions and you have to leave for a week or two, Joe would actually take over my channel, which is really cool. We just called it the Joe takeover. And something you worry about as a content creator is like a dip in your content going out because viewership goes like this. <laughs> like it builds very slowly and drops very quickly and being able to rely on just having hours on there and you know high quality stuff because joe's adorable and very clever so that's i mean i maybe made that a little bit more sincere than the funniest on-screen moment but here we are oh hmm. oh i've got some good ones i'm sure with beach because it's been a while it's 
uh, since we've done, we don't do a lot of uh, on-stream stuff together. We used to more when he was doing Beach's Backlog. But we did do a stream on, I think, last Christmas. We we did, I think it was last Christmas. It might have been earlier, but we were playing uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 on okay. the Nintendo Online thing. And uh, I, I made fun of Beach a lot for cheating by using the rewind feature that they put on the thing to make the, uh, there's like a game of memory you can play. And <laughs> there was a point where it's like, no, you have to play it sincerely because that's the point. Even though I know that you know all the things about checking what the patterns are. Cause there's like only four, I think four different layouts they use or something. Mm. And there was a point where he pushed the wrong thing on one, and I was like, but it's that one. It has to be that one. And he, he wouldn't believe me uh, until he had to believe me because because I, I I knew. And as far as I'm concerned, that's oh, pretty, it's pretty funny when 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 I do that stuff. Yeah, I don't that. know if he agrees. I don't yeah. know what he thinks the funniest moment where we've been on. I, I think he thinks I'm funnier than I think I am. So maybe he's got a different moment. <laughs> Well, I mean, Beige and Heather moments are like a fine wine. Who can choose just one? And, you know, everyone's taste is different. So <laughs> let, let him like what he likes. Uh, uh, do, you, do you have a story? I, uh, I imagine uh, it's a matter of picking one, right? Well, uh, the problem being they all sort of blur together, mm. right? Because I've been mm. doing this with Graham for a long time. and uh, But very, but recently we haven't been on stream together in a long time. And so I'm trying, like, I think it would probably be, we've done some really good work together at Desert Bus. Uh, mm. But I don't, I can't, like, it's just like, I don't know, uh, like uh, Desert Bus 20, uh, 2019's Corp Line was really good, right? So like it's trying to it's hard to pick a All moment of for that. All line is good, right? Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I can't I can't really think of anything specific. Which it sounds like the worst dig, but it's just that there's a lot, right? And I'm like, is that the right thing I'm thinking of? Is that the one detail, or have I meshed it up with something else? Is that the stream we were on? So I, I mean, I think that's a, a fair thing just to talk about. In in an interesting sort of disconnect that can happen with fans is they'll watch a show, even if they go through a backlog or something like that, and a moment will be very fresh in their mind, and they'll ask a question and be like, oh yeah, six months ago when you were playing this game, this moment happened, what was going through your mind at the time? And you're like, I don't even remember playing that game. Oh, oh, Serge, have you, have you not had the moment where someone comes up to you and they quote you something that you said at a convention, and you're just like, hello, person who has said something very strange to me, because you forget that you've even said it? Yeah. Never yeah. mind that. Yeah, this is someone who you've never seen before in your life say, saying a strange and cryptic <laughs> phrase to you, and it turns out that that's something that you said to them, and it's like it's a profoundly shaking experience. You're like, what? And that's, that's not that's not a bump on the fans because no, 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 no. I just wish they they give some context for yeah. me because I've also been to anime conventions where people literally run around and scream random things at each other because you're wearing a specific cosplay <laughs> and you definitely don't know what's going on in their heads. Mm. I hope Do you ever... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Serge. All right. I was going to say, I hope fans don't think 
that we have a memory issue or something like that. There's just a weird thing of when you do, I don't want to say the same thing, because obviously there's a lot of variety in the games we play and the shows that we do, and it changes, but you're like, okay, lights go on, you work, and then you're like, okay, work is done, you put that aside, and you're like, all right, work is done, I'm going to take that part of my brain and, I don't know, throw it into the sea or something. I, I find this is very common amongst a lot of us. This happens a lot where we talk about this weird selective memory on a show that we've done or a moment we've had. And it's not to say that what we're doing isn't authentic or genuine because we're having a great time and we're laughing. But I think back to it, you're like, can you tell me one of the best memes we had on camera like six months ago? Like what happened before holes or before pographers, right? Like I, I don't know any of our jokes, but... It's it's also just a very improv mindset, like because improv the the idea of is you're constantly picking up a new thing and then throwing away that thing to get the mm. the new the new shiny sentence you've just said, and so to constantly uh, you're not really committing anything to memory. And there's also just that that idea that sometimes something that happens to someone or something they see is very important, which is great, but maybe it has less impact on you because you're already doing that so that eventually mm. is just going to be a common thing that happened for you mm. so we're not goldfish okay <laughs> no i don't think any of us are goldfish yet. yeah i i just have like the uh, the the mice that are running my brain is like there's this big reel to reel where everything's being recorded and occasionally the the two mice that are in charge of swapping the reels they drop something because they're clumsy and then the reel tumbles away and they're like, oh crap. And while they're chasing that, it's just spooling into the background and making a pile and then the pile catches fire. And at that point, like everything else in my brain and I have completely focused out and I'm just like staring at the sky, thinking about whatever as the mice are running amok is like my problem. So <laughs> can I describe my perfect er moment with working with Graham? Please, though? yes. Uh, this is this is this is the synthesis of way uh, uh, of Graham and me together, which is we will do something, and I will say a joke that is like uh, I don't know, like uh, erudite and slightly belabored, and then Graham will just like do an amazing quip, and I will go. Pfft. Like that. That is like, I would say, you know, probably 90% of my favorite interactions with Graham, where he just like says like three perfectly funny words. And it's just like, and like with, pre with precision timing, and he gets me every time. I like that. Very nice. Well, now that we've heard so much about your creative process, Kathleen, let's dive into this a little bit more. Danielle Fontaine asks, for someone who can't remember how to be creative, any advice. So tell us more about the mice and the spoon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just mice and spools. It's a full Looney Tunes cast running around in there. All right, have you all know. Right. You know, uh, uh, but um, I, I think the best way to be creative is just to uh, try doing a thing. Um, mm. uh, you don't have to be creative in the way that you really need to be creative. Like if you have writer's block or something like that. Uh, you should just try, like, I I decided I was going to try to do paper mache. Yeah. Where did that come from? I love it. I love it. I don't know. I want to try it. Next time I'm going to try to make some weavings or something like that. <laughs> I'm not, it sounds, it sounds so ridiculous, but why don't, I just want to try doing something with my hands. So yeah, I got some newspaper and I got some uh, wheat starch uh, and, and, uh, and like covered like a cat food container in like, uh, in, in paper mache strips and let it dry and then primed it and then let that dry and then painted it. And Penelope and I did the whole thing together. 
And oh, so, you know, that. she was like minorly interested in it. But for me, it was a fun and interesting challenge. I suppose the difficulty in this question is it's not specific in any particular creative direction, right? You're just like, how do you be creative? Just try doing anything creative. Paper mache, why not? Paper, you don't have to get like special wheat starch. You can use flour. There's recipes online, right? It's cheap. <laughs> flour, newspaper, and something you don't mind getting wet and soggy. There you right, go. Beach towel. Let's go. And well, any, any tips, Heather? So creativity is a lot like motivation. Mm. Sometimes it just goes for a walk far, far away from you. Mm. And it doesn't want to be near you. Maybe you need to go for a walk far, far away from it. I know it's basically just do do something, do anything. If you're if you're trying to force creativity and you're like you're not having fun with it because the idea of creativity is that you're supposed to be having fun generally or at least that it's easier when you're having fun then maybe it is time to go do something else maybe read a book or watch a movie or go talk to your friends or get a coffee or just do anything else so that your brain can wander and find itself again yeah mm. There was a very noisy motorcycle. I had to mute my microphone. Uh, I, I the context that I get this question the most in is in Minecraft, because Minecraft, I have to make builds. And, you know, considering I, I think I did a thousand hours of Minecraft last year, you, you can quickly run into an issue of what do I do right now? What do I do next? How do you come up with an idea? And when, you know, you have to do this creative content over and over and over because the game is a sandbox. It doesn't ever point you in a direction. Some people are like, where are you getting this idea from? The air, weird conversations that come back and forth, a spinoff anecdote. What's up, Kathleen? I was going to say, just sometimes maybe just sit around and play around for a while and just like, what if I make a wall here? I'd get, I'd do this in Animal Crossing. What if I put a cliff here? How about water this way? How about, mm. and like, I could spend hours doing the same part of my island over and over again just to see what I like, right? Because I don't have any plan. I mean, uh, using Animal Crossing or Minecraft as another example, visit what other people have done. Take inspiration. Because yeah. there's a difference between inspiration and plagiarism. You can look at something and be like, oh, I love this. Now, how can I take this idea and make it my own or take this idea and make it fit within the context of something I'm already working on? Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, here's another idea. Build what somebody else has already done to learn. Because maybe one of the issues you have with creativity is you're blocked by what you perceive to be a limitation of your own. You're like, oh, I can't get beyond this certain thing. I'm not good enough to do this. I don't have enough practice getting beyond a certain thing. I mean, paint by numbers, right? Follow how it goes. Maybe you'll learn how shading works. Uh, maybe we'll understand how depth works in a certain thing. Maybe we'll understand how a narrative works and writing works. If you just follow something along, you're like, oh, I get it. Now I can mm -hmm. do my own thing. Hmm. I mean, definitely going and looking at what other people have done or examples is a really good thing. I, I do that a lot with thumbnails. I just browse YouTube and look at what other people's thumbnails are. And then I look at the ones I don't like. And I'm like, cool, never doing that. And then I go looking for ones that I do like. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see that you've positioned this thing because of this reason or, or this reason. Yeah, yeah. what and do I so, like about this? Yeah, but okay. it's also useful to know what you don't like about a thing. Because mm. then you know maybe that's the wrong direction. Mm. Mm. Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I started an idea stealing, I mean, ins inspiration stream for Animal Crossing just for this reason, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and like, yeah, just look at great things. You don't have to do it, but, you know, maybe that will spark your imagination. I, I do appreciate the I absolutely love this and I'll never do it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Some You're sometimes like, oh, there's like crafts I look at and I'm like, that is incredibly time consuming and it looks amazing and that is not for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm glad it exists <laughs> and I respect you for making it, right? Exactly. All right. Shall we move on to our final question today? Uh, yeah. Yes. Brian Apley asks, of the three of you, who is the most evil? So do, do we want to do this where we, we all try to be the most evil, or do we want to pitch someone else as being the most evil? Well, I think we should run down our own evil resumes and like the type the type of evil that we are. So you know, because mm. uh, mm. what what do villains love more than telling people about their evil plans? <laughs> uh, right, you want to start us off, Kathleen? Oh, me? Uh, I am. Uh, I I I like to think of myself as the kind like as um, evil, like the patrician uh, from um, uh, Discworld is evil. Like Very I'm not. Nice. I'm not. I don't need context from that one. I'm, I don't feel really familiar okay, with that character. So okay, so he is the uh, 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 political leader of the disc of of the Discworld's largest city, Ankhmore Pork. But he's like very behind the scenes. He doesn't like go out and like shout his power from the rooftop. He considers that to be you know inefficient and a waste of time. And he's. I, like he's 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 murderous. He's ruthless. Uh, but he does it because he is he's like you know he's he's lawful neutral. To well, he's lawful evil. But you know, for uh, the very neutral reason of protecting Ankhmore pork and its tax base. But you know what I mean, right? So you know, How I does always tie in to you <laughs> <laughs> because I love rules and I love to keeping things organized. But you know, if the if something was to you know like threaten my the people I love and care about, uh, I would find what was bothering them and I would make it not be a problem anymore. With ruthless efficiency and excellent planning skills and checklists, so you know it would happen. All, all right, all right. Uh, I suppose I should go next. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the alignment of what kind of evil I would be. Probably in the chaotic thing. It's definitely not like a lawful style of evil. I think my evilness comes in the ability for me to say incredibly stupid things with well-meaning intentions to put people in really uncomfortable situations and not even know it. Mm. If that makes sense, it'd just be like accidentally roasting Ben about his pizza consumption. And, what about and just be, Snurge? And just be like super earnest in saying something and being like, Maybe does that work? I don't know. I'm digging surge. here. What about yeah. Snurge? What about literal evil Surge? I, I who I, we and I will remind you, we literally never have to twist your rubber arm to unleash. Like we're <laughs> just like, have we just mentioned Snurge? You're like, yeah, all right. And like, I feel like hmm. that's your your repressed evil. So, so Surge is maybe more center. of a more of a Jekyll and Hyde, yeah, kind of thing. Okay. All right. All right. I can. We can. We can roll with this. So which, there are two. Which surges. one's the Jekyll? Which one's the Hyde? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's the public facing surge, and then there's the secret surge who comes out after dark. Yeah. What darkness lies in the heart of surge? Snurge knows. Okay. All right. <laughs> Heather. <laughs> well, as we all know, I'd never be caught doing anything evil. Um. <laughs> But I keep 
tallies and lists and and I definitely know the way to uh, scooch other people into doing I don't know I <laughs> if I'm if I'm gonna the be evil it's it's gonna be through scheming and manipulation definitely mm. um, not getting your hands dirty I mean, that's just how you get taken out as as a villain mm. Mm. yeah no crumbs no trails yeah but not not I'm not thinking something like the patrician who is who is definitely high up in political type things i would definitely be more in the shadows of uh maybe a thief guild or mm -hmm. something uh within within that discworld thing i've only read a couple of books i'm still working on that i like it no we can this paints a pretty vivid picture here you know work work smarter not harder kind of evil yeah you know like yeah. my commer hustle character who's probably that turned up to 11. All right, so we've all pitched what kind of evil we are. Who's the most evil? How do we how do we evaluate those? Because those are like fairly three distinct kinds of evil here. I think we ourselves should not answer the question, and we should just make people comment in the comment section ah. below. Oh God, I like that. I like that. All right, all right, dear viewer. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do you, do you, is 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 Heather the rogue? skulking through with poisons and schemes is she the most evil is is the is the is the terrible threat of surge turning around to reveal snurge his evil alter ego or is it me filing paperwork late into the night and sealing your doom through bureaucracy are we like <laughs> the coolest DD &D party ever no. or do we just suck i don't know I don't know that we get anything done if we're all trying to manipulate other people to doing things. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all the mid DM bosses. is just like I give up. Yeah. <laughs> DM just walks out of the room. He's like, I gave you, I like pitched a low ball, an easy curve ball or something to you right there, and you just, you all gave up. You just walked like, out. Just, I know Kathleen and I both like pulled out bullet journals, and we had to spend a lot of time drawing some stuff in them and making some lists. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be a while before we even get to rolling those dice. Yeah, well, I'm amazing. still designing my character sheet, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard back from my artist yet for the artwork. We're gonna have to wait. He's like, I asked you to roll initiative. You're like, mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> Well then, friends, I think that is going to do it for this month's Ask Lur. Thank you so much for listening. A reminder that everything we do is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. And, of course, Ask Lur very specifically is brought to you by YouTube memberships. This show would not exist without it. And the questions are brought to you by the members. So if you want to ask future Lur people questions, that's how you do it. Thank you very much for watching. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye, everybody.